us will live the same. We pray that you grant us more grace, more favor. May we be more and more like Jesus. May we know you more, O oh God. May we love you more. And may we be drawn more and more to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Very excited to see all of you. Hallelujah. So today is a good day. Today is also the last day we are going to uh, meet in this way. Of course, we will continue to have Zoom. Hallelujah. But when I say last day, rather last weekday, we are going to meet like this. But we will continue to be on Zoom. Hallelujah. But God is good. And all the time, God is good. So today, last week, we talked about three important key things. Hallelujah. How many remember what we talked about last week? What was the first important thing as we move forward? Who remembers? It's always important to take notes. Amen. And go over. The Bible says the sins that were at Berea were more noble than the sins that were at Thessalonica. In that, after reading or hearing the word, they searched the scriptures immediately to find out whether what was said was true. Is somebody going to tell us? Very good. Who was the first? The first. Yes, so we must truly love God and worship Him because the most greatest commandment is to love God. So that is number one. Loving God is more important than anything we do. My, it's more important for me to love God than to become a pastor. It's more important to love God and to love your neighbor than to even preach. Because God didn't say the first two commandments are love God and preach. And then the third is to love your neighbor. So very important. What's the second? The ability to wait on the Lord. The ability to wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. The ability to wait on the Lord is very, very important. Amen. Because without waiting on the Lord and without knowing God, you will make a big mistake. So we talked about things to consider. And you are right. Number one is what? Loving God. Number two is to what? To know God. To know God and to hear from Him. Hallelujah. To know God and to hear from Him. Hallelujah. What's the last? We need to serve Him. Be quick to repent. Yes, we need to serve Him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So today, we're going to continue now, as we move forward, we talked about the fact that we need to love God, we need to know God, and we need to not bear grudges, hallelujah, and have forgiveness. Forgiveness, forgive those who offend you, very important. If you don't forgive the offender, Jesus may declare that you will not be forgiven, hallelujah. Let's look at Mark chapter 11. Let's start from 22. We're going to read to 25. Mark 11. So just a quick recap. Mark 11. We're talking about things we need to consider as we move forward. Move forward where? Move forward in life. Move forward in God. Move forward as a church. And Jesus answered them. Uh, 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 King James, please. So this is when Jesus cursed the fig tree. Um, you can read Mark 11 from the beginning and you'll get the picture. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, 
and ye shall have them. Go back to 24, please. So this is the faith verses. I mean, Mark 11, 22 to 24, you can't beat it when it comes to faith verses. We know Hebrews chapter 11 is a faith chapter. Hallelujah. But when you are talking about how to apply your faith, Mark 11, 22 to 24 explains it. You can't get a better verse on faith than Mark 11, 22 to 24. If, uh, of course, you also have Hebrews chapter 11 and a few other verses. But Mark 11, 22 to 24 is fantastic. So Jesus was telling us that we should have faith in God or have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. And this faith has two components. One says and confesses. One speaks in Jesus' name, not doubting in their hearts, but believing that whatever they say will happen, and it happens. This kind of faith is able to move mountains. This kind of faith is able to raise the dead. This kind of faith is able to say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be gone, and it will be gone. But the second part of it is verse 24. So the first part is confess, speak with authority. The authority that God has given to us in Jesus Christ, you and I must exercise our authority in the name of Jesus. I remember there was a time in Minneapolis when I was uh, uh, preaching on the authority of the believer. And there was a lady who had a big bump on the forehead. And she learned how to use her authority through the message. And she was able to remove the tumor or the growth, not by surgery, but by confession. Hallelujah. Now, the second part is where prayer comes in. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. So, have faith in God. Now, how do you have faith in God? Confess and speak to circumstances. Do not doubt in your heart. And whatever is you, you, you see whatever you do, you can even tell a literal mountain. Jesus was looking at a literal mountain. You can tell a literal mountain to move to yonder place or to be cast into the sea, and that mountain will obey you. The condition is that you don't doubt in your heart. Jesus didn't say you don't doubt in your mind. Because you can have doubt in your mind but faith in your heart. Because you and I cannot control what thoughts come to our minds. You and I cannot prevent the birds from flying over our heads. But we can prevent them from building a nest on our head. So you can't prevent what thoughts come to your mind. Otherwise, Jesus would have just uh, uh, not shown us the, the, the example and would have brushed off. The devil would not have even been able to enter his mind. But Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. So the fact that the devil was able to enter his mind to tempt him, no human being can escape suggestions from the devil. But what do you do with the suggestions? Hallelujah. So you can have faith in the heart but doubt in the mind. Because the devil might be telling you that it's never going to work. But your heart says it's going to work because the Bible says so. So that is the faith verse in Mark chapter 11 verse 23. Have faith in God. Confess him. Then verse 24 says, because I tell you to have faith in God, Jesus said, therefore I say unto you, whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Let's go to verse 24, 5. And when ye stand praying, forgive. And when ye stand praying, forgive. And when ye stand praying, forgive. So without forgiving, the, the verse 22 to 24 is negated. It's not going to work for you. That's why Jesus said, and when you stand praying, forgive. Because Jesus has told us how to get answered prayer. But he's making a very important distinction. When you are praying, make sure that you forgive. If you have ought against any. Now this goes to those who feel like sitting down. When the pastor says, stand up, pray. Sit down. Stand up, pray. And they don't like it. You now have a verse that shows that it is good for the pastor to say, stand up, sit down. Because the Bible says, when you stand praying. You can't be standing throughout the service. Don't shut me down now. I'm preaching good here. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any. If you have a beef with someone. You have an issue with someone. No matter what it is. Forgive. Forgive doesn't mean that. Forgive means you let go of it. But it doesn't mean you call the person back to your bosom to bite you again. Maybe someone bites you all the time and leaves bite marks and you are bleeding every day the, and then the person you forgive the person and you tell the person to come right where you are 
the person needs to go through transformation. Jesus is working on them. When Jesus finishes working on them, then you can invite them back to your room. But until then, they will bite you again. So you can... <laughs> what am I saying? I'm saying that learn to forgive by releasing the debt. But forgiving doesn't mean that you just go with the flow. Just make sure that it's true forgiveness and you have nothing against the person. And you can easily use the prayer, the Lord's Prayer formula to say, God, forgive me as I forgive Cousin Joe. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have fought against any. That your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Verse 26. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now, to those who complain about 26, let's just look at 25 for a second. I won't explain what I mean by that, but it's only for a certain group. Now, verse 25 is enough. When you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, so that your Father also which is in heaven will forgive your trespasses. This verse clearly means that if you do not forgive, your Heavenly Father will not forgive you. Pretty clear. And then we also read that unforgiveness gives Satan an advantage over us. The Bible, Apostle or the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul said, forgive this person so that he doesn't, he's not overcome with much sorrow. Forgive him. If you don't forgive him, then it shows you are not listening to what I'm saying. But forgive him lest Satan gets an advantage over us. So that clearly means that when we don't have forgiveness, Satan gets an upper hand in the, in the battle. Now, why am I saying battle? Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Actually, uh, uh, put on the whole armor of God. Then verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against, or our struggle is not against, or our war is not against flesh and blood. So it clearly means that we are in a war. So it is not the best idea to let your opponent gain an advantage over you in a war. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 2 and 3. What does verse 2 say? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 2. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walk according to the flesh. Verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So it's very, very clear. And then verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So this means that we are in a war. Ephesians 6, 10, 12 says we are in a war. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says we are in a war. So, and the Bible says that we will, that we will give Satan an advantage over us. And I don't think anyone, let me get to that verse. Uh, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, uh, verse 10 and 11. You and I do not want Satan to gain an advantage. To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgive anything, to whom I forgive it, for your sakes forgive I it in the person of Christ. Lest, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of these devices. So last week we talked about the fact that we must have forgiveness. And we must not grudge or complain against each other. Then, so the first was what? Love God. Know God. Follow his voice. Number two, we talked about the fact that we must not be walking in unforgiveness. Because God is moving us forward. Now what, what things do we consider as we move forward? Number one, love God. Number two, forgive. Oh, pastor, you don't understand. You, 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 it didn't happen to you, so you don't understand what I went through. You don't understand what he put me through. You don't understand what she put me through. Forgive. Forgive, like I said, does not mean you just go and embrace the thing. It just means you release the debt. Release the debt. Hallelujah. It just means in your heart, in your mind, you know that I have nothing against the person. Very, very important. And not grudge or complain against each other. Then the third thing to consider, we talked about, is very important. We must know God for ourselves. We must know God. We must know God. 
Because it is in knowing God that we become great. Great what? Great workers, great servants of God. Or people who magnify God. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, let's look at Daniel. Daniel chapter 11, I believe. Daniel 11, 31 and 30, uh, Daniel 11, 30 to 32 ESV. For ships of kitten shall come against him, and he shall be afraid and withdraw, and shall turn back and be enraged, and take action against the holy covenant. He shall turn back and pay attention to those who forsake the holy covenant. Forces from him shall appear and profane the temple and fortress, and shall take away the regular burnt offering, and they shall set up the abomination that makes desolate. And like I was telling you guys in verse 31, that there was a prophecy from Daniel that talked about the abomination of desolation. Or the abomination that makes desolate meaning that in the temple the holy of holies there was going to be an abomination in the holy of holies that would make it desolate now if the real abomination of desolation is going to occur when the antichrist comes to sit on the throne because the the jewish people have the temple plan ready it's ready so in the future the temple will be rebuilt solomon's temple which was rebuilt by Herod the Great, it will be rebuilt in Jerusalem. And, uh, yeah, so when it is rebuilt, the Antichrist would stop all sacrifice. No more sacrifice to any god apart from him. So he would proclaim himself to be God. This is going to happen in the future. And he will sit on the, on, 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 uh, he will set the throne in the temple. And by setting the throne in the temple, he would, it would be the abomination that would make the temple desolate. But it happened, there was a pre-abomination uh, uh, of desolation that happened during the time of Antipas, uh, 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 who came to seize Judea and, and the children of God, and he stopped the daily sacrifice. That's what Daniel 11 is saying. He stopped the daily sacrifice. And he prevented them from sacrificing the temple. And then he desecrated the temple and then erected a, a, pig, a pig in the temple, which was a sacrilege, and it caused the temple to be desolate. And because of that, there was the Maccabean revolt, which is, is a history, even though it's not in the Bible, it's, it's a historical thing. There was the Maccabean revolt, which caused uh, um, Judas Maccabees and those people to throw those guys out because they desecrated the temple. So this is the history of it. All this is discussed in detail in my message on 21 reasons why he must not be left behind. Let's continue, verse 32. He shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant, but the people who know their God shall stand firm and take glory to God. Action. Look at NASB. The people who do not their God. By smooth words, he will turn to godlessness those who act wickedly toward the covenant. But the people who know their God, like you and I, may we know our God. May we know our God. The, but the people who know their God will display strength. And Judas Maccabees display strength. You and I are going to display strength, meaning that in, we will have strength in the midst of storm. No matter how wild the problem is, no matter how wild the situation is, we will display strength in the midst of storm and we will take action and be victorious. Look at this in King James. And the people who don't know their God shall wax strong, shall be strong and do exploits. So you and I must know God. We must know God, and we don't know God through our pastor. I'm teaching us how to, I, 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 I'm, I'm teaching, I'm preaching so that we will get what we need and direction. But the real Bible study is done by ourselves. Otherwise, we can easily be like 
those kings who served God so long as their pastor was alive. When the pastor died, then they turned away from God. God forbid. Hallelujah. So it's very important that we know God for ourselves. Know God for ourselves. Take pride in the fact that you know God and God is with you than you knowing who the pastor is. Hallelujah. Very, very important. So these are the things we talked about last week. And we talked about the fact that there is a clear difference between those who hear the voice of God and acknowledge the voice of God and try to follow the voice of God. They are different from those who brush aside the voice of God and say, no, I'm putting God in a box. God cannot speak to me or speak to me in a certain way. God is going to speak in a different mystical way or he's going to speak through someone, but he will never speak to me. It's a, there's a difference between those who are able to hear God's voice, follow the voice of God like Abraham. The Bible says, because you have hearkened diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God, and, to, and you were able to observe to do it. So what am I talking about the voice of God? Is this some mystical thing? No. What we are talking about is sometimes the still small voice that is telling you to do something the Bible has told you to do already. How can you hear from God when you don't know the Bible? It's not it, Unless you have some supernatural vision, which I've not had yet. So while the supernatural vision, God will only remind you or speak to you concerning what is in the Bible or he will use the Bible to speak to you. Of course, God can sit, go left, go right, take two turns left, two turns right. But because you are in the Word, you will know it is God speaking. It's not all the time. Many people feel that God speaks in one way or God, I'm putting, they put God in a box. But look at Elijah. Elijah, when he was complaining to God and God said, oh, go and anoint Elisha to be prophet in that room. The Bible says that when God was coming down to talk to Elijah, the Bible says there was that rocks split, but God was not in it. There was a strong, fierce wind earthquake, but God was not in it. Think about it. You and I will feel that when God is coming, then the, the, the wild wind, the wild earthquake, the, there's rocks renting and all that, that is God. But that came before God, but that was not God. But when God came, he came in a still, small voice. A still, small voice. Sometimes God will be speaking to you, do this, don't do this, tell this person this, don't tell this person this. Elvijas was talking about someone who uh, uh, um, was about to commit suicide. He was about to commit suicide. He was depressed. And just about the time he was about to commit suicide to pull the trigger, someone, he got a text from someone. What was in the text? The text said, what was, was written or sent by a church member who just felt, oh, let me just text this guy. I love you. That's all. The word I love you prevented him from dying and uh, killing himself and he's still alive now. Because of the word, I love you. Now imagine the voice of God says, text Jackson Joe. Text Jackson Joe now. And tell Jackson Joe that God is with you. God loves you. I love you. But ah, I'll do it next time. Then you keep hearing the promptings. The devil pushes hard. But God is a still small voice. When the devil is trying to tempt us, I guess we all know, we've all been tempted. When the devil is tempting, he's pushing hard. But when God is doing it, it's small, still small. So you, you, you feel the prompting again. God said, text uh, Joe Jackson. Text Joe Jackson. Tell Joe Jackson that I love him. Tell Joe Jackson that you love him. Ah, I'll do it another time. You didn't hear the voice. The person died. Of course, you didn't know. So you might even never know that maybe your text would have saved. It's not that you're going to be punished or anything, but maybe you could have received that extra reward from God and you didn't get it. Also, God can tell you to move to a certain place. And if you, you, and if you move, God will bless you because you've heard his voice. You and I can never know God's mind because throughout eternity, trillion, 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 so think about it, trillion, trillion, trillion years will seem like a second and will still not know God. 
throughout all eternity, God will still continue to reveal himself to us. And we will never know about God because he's boundless. That's why the Bible says that the angels, the, the cherubims and the angels, as they are worshipping him and they are flying around with their wings, with two, he, he covered his face. With six, he so they are covering their faces because they are getting different revelations throughout since God created them. Jesus Christ created the angels or God through Jesus Christ. They are still seeing revelations. So how can it be that you and I know how God is speaking? How can you, you and I know and say that, oh, it is unfair for God to do this? Or it is unjust for God to do this? Are we so wise? When the Bible says his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So sometimes we, we make mistakes by saying that, ah, if God be God, if God be God, I'll get the car. If God be God, I'll get the house. But maybe because God is God, you won't get the house or you won't get the car or you will not get the, the, the job. Because maybe if you got the job, there was someone who was going to be deranged and was ready to kill in, at, the, at the job. So we don't know. So let's not put God in a box and say, oh, if God be God. Because whether or not I say if God be God, he is God. Whether or not it happened. So let's allow God to direct us. And as God is directing us, let's remember that God is so infinite. All we need to do is to just make sure. Because the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. He will guide us. So you and I must, must, must desire the promptings of the Holy Spirit. But one important note before we continue is that as the Holy Spirit guides us, the more we refuse Him, the more we refuse to listen to Him, the less chances we have to keep hearing Him again, if that makes sense. Let me repeat that again. As we decide not to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying or heed to it, Him, and we decide to heed to some of our theories, what will happen is that He will speak to us less. Or even if he's speaking to us, we'll become less conscious of his presence. But if he tells you something and you know it is difficult, you can talk to him, God, this thing you are telling me to do is very difficult. You would have to change me and make me do it because I can't. So I need you by your Holy Spirit to make me do this because you telling me to do this, I don't know how because I don't feel like it. I don't want to. But deep down, my spirit wants to because he wants to please. I want to please you. But I need you to help me. Then you're talking. Then you're talking. Because we need to we need the help of God through the Holy Spirit. Because remember that God is in heaven. Jesus Christ is at God's right hand, interceding for you and us. For he ever lived to make intercession for us. The Holy Spirit is here with us on earth, not to glorify himself. Not for us to be saying Holy Spirit every time Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. He came to testify of Jesus. So when the Holy Spirit is present, the name Jesus will be said all the time. So when I'm watching Christian television and I keep hearing Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I don't get Jesus. Okay, I'll give them, a, I'll cut them some slack. Second time, I don't get Jesus. Third time, I, I, I don't do I just switch it off. I don't need to watch it. So when the Holy Spirit, as he is here, he's not only going to testify of Jesus, but he's going to remind us about what Jesus said, that he is going to guide us. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, he is our comforter. When Jesus said, it is expedient that I go away, because if I do not go away, the comforter, that word comforter in the Greek is paraclete, or the paracletos, the one who has been called alongside to help. The Holy Spirit, he, he is our ever-present help. He is the one who guides us. He makes the word of God more real to us. He makes Jesus more real to us. He strengthens us. He comforts us. He's our advocate. He gives direction. Jesus said, I'm going away. Very soon I'll preach on the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going away. But until I, 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 I'm going away. But when I go away, it's important that I go away. Because as I've been with you, you've asked me questions. Who did say that this man was born blind and was able to answer you? you? You ask questions, so many questions, and I'm ready to answer you. You want me to uh, give you tax money, I'm available to give it to you. But I'm going away. But it is very, very critical that I go away. Very important. Because if I don't go away, the comforter, 
the one who I anoint, who, who God has anointed me with, that has given me the ability to do these things because he stripped himself of his divine rights. Jesus Christ, according to Philippians chapter 2, even though he was God, he, he did not think his equality with God was something he needed to cling on to. Hallelujah. So he, that's why he needed to be anointed with the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ. So he said, it is important because if I don't go away, this Holy Spirit will not come. But when I go, he will come. And he's going to be an alos, another of the same kind. So the Holy Spirit is going to be an another of the same kind. What does that mean? Jesus Christ is the second person of the Godhead. So the Holy Spirit, who is the third person of the Godhead, he's, a, he's an alos, God. He's going to come. And when he comes, he's going to guide you into all the truth. He's not going to speak of himself, but whatsoever he hears, that is what he's going to speak, and he's going to show you things to come. He's not going to glorify himself, but he's going to glorify me, Jesus said. So you and I, we need to depend on the Holy Spirit and not man, even though man is also important. That's what the Bible says. Believe in the Lord your God, you will be, be, be established. But you also need to believe the prophet. But believe the prophet, what the prophet or what the pastor or what the man or woman of God is saying, that is in line with the word of God. So show me scriptures. Don't misquote the scripture. Don't misinterpret it. Show it to me just as the Bible said. Hallelujah. So if, if, if a child in church comes to me, the pastor, and tells me the Bible says this and we look at it, we expound it and we look at it logically with the spirit and read it for what it is without taking it into a tangent. Then we have to follow it. Hallelujah. So it's very, very important for us to be guided by the Holy Spirit. When we are guided, there will be nothing we will lack. There will be nothing that can go wrong in our lives. When the Bible says, they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. It looks like God wants us to stay on last week's. I've not even started today's message. Hallelujah. When the Bible says, they, they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. What does it mean? It doesn't mean those who are led by mystic. Wins. That's not what it means. How, what does it mean to be led by the Holy Spirit? To be led by the Holy Spirit is to be led by the Word of God. Because the word of God, remember that the Holy Spirit is coming to do nothing but to testify of what Jesus said. That's all he's coming to do. And Jesus is the word. Jesus, what from Old Testament to New Testament is what Jesus said. So, if the Holy Spirit is going to guide us into all the truth, then he's guiding us into the Bible. Yes, that's the main way he guides us. Of course, the Holy Spirit will guide us Take this job, don't take this job. Move here, don't move here. That's the Holy Spirit guiding us. But it must not be take this job in the bar or don't oh I'm preaching to somebody here. Or take this job in the nightclub. That's not the Holy Spirit. Who will tell you to take the job in the nightclub because you're earning 10 times the salary? Yes, you are any 10 times the salary, but it doesn't mean it's the Holy Spirit. The fact that it looks good does not mean it's the Holy Spirit. That's why when you are led by the Spirit of God, you are led by the Word. Because the Bible tells us not to be drunken, to abstain from all appearances of evil. Yeah, I've been to the nightclub many times. I, 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 nightclub was one of my passions when I was in the world. I loved nightclub. So I'm not just saying nightclub as if, oh, those who are going to nightclub, they, no, no, no. But we all know what happens in nightclub, at least I did. Uh, it's worse now, for sure. It's much worse now in the nightclub. If I go to the nightclub, I'll be, I'll, I'm sure I'll open my mouth. Because what the things I was doing in the nightclub and people were doing, it was very wild. But it's worse now. So what I'm saying is that the Holy Spirit can't say that because the Bible doesn't allow it. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Or... Steal or cut corners. 
But when the when when, when God say when, when you have two good jobs, which one do you choose? You, you need to rely on the Holy Spirit. There are some that are clear. You don't even need to say Holy Spirit. What should I do? This is a bar nightclub. Based on what you've read in the Bible, out. Let me go for another one. A company that is a devil worshiper. They, they give their tithe, ten percent of their tithe to the Church of Satan, and then but they are giving you a fantastic package. They're giving you ten times, not even two times, ten times their current salary. You don't need to say, God, what should I do? God, should I go there and help convert them? No. Because you are helping them to give 10% to Church of Satan. So you can't do that. It's clear that you don't need to say, God, what should I do? You say, thank you, God, for giving me the victory. I, I'm, I'm rejecting it. But what? So, but the Holy Spirit, I have two good jobs. Which one do I choose? I've got two offers. Which one do I choose? They are both good. But you don't know how the boss will be. You don't know the future. You, 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 there are so many things you and I don't know. So God, help me. What should I do? Choose for me. Guide me. So God will either tell you what to do, which I've been praying. I, I sometimes say, God, tell me. He's told me very few times. But what he rather does is he directs your path. I always ask God, tell me what should I do? I want to hear you. But sometimes it's the still small voice. Instead of sometimes hearing it direct, sometimes the Holy Spirit will guide you through the still small voice, through the peace of God. And sometimes you just direct us by saying, by blocking certain doors, or by making things inconvenient in one. So that's how we must be guided by the Holy Spirit. Where to move to, what to do. What decisions to make and take. I don't know that you are hearing what I'm talking about. But these are very, very important. Because that distinguishes between those who move forward and are great. Or do great things for God. Or who attempt great things for God and those who don't. There are some who want to attempt great things for God. But because they are not able to hear God's voice, or when they hear it, they brush it aside because they have a certain formula as to how God will speak. They stay where they are. May you and I never be that, where we stay where we are. May we be people who are able to say, God, speak. Of course, when you're making a major decision, you don't just say, God, what are you, you, you have to have Bible verses. You have to pray about it. You have to ponder upon it. I was giving the example of last week. Last week I was giving an example. And I was in DFW 2016, I think, for some time. And I looked for work because I'm, I'm a lay preacher. Looked for our tent minister, the tent, uh, uh, in the tent ministry. Apostle Paul was a tent, in, uh, uh, he was in the tent ministry. So I, I, I was working. I, I was in DFW, looking for work in DFW. Someone said, what is DFW, Texas? I looked, I looked, I looked for 11 months, no hope for work. And then God made a way in Cleveland, Ohio. So I took the job in Cleveland. But as soon as my year contract ended, I looked for work in Texas because I felt that that's where God wanted me to look for work year one or year one passed year two zero results year three zero results i kept looking 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 and then i felt in me after prayer and the peace of god that i should make a move to texas without work it doesn't mean that i was not saying to myself wow is this a foolish mistake I'm working in Cleveland. Things are working well. They don't want me to leave. They don't want me to leave. They're trying to find ways for me to stay at the job. And I say, no, I'm, I want to resign. And I'm going to work on Uber and all these things to make sure that I can be sustained till God opens the door. By this way, that God opened me there. 
I prayed, 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 prayed. And then God gave me a sign. Someone who I never met, I had not seen in years, called me and was telling me about some pretty interesting things. So God gave me some slight assurance there. But I, I, I resigned, moved to DFW. Remember that 11 months, no hope for work. Cleveland, two, I was even applying. So if I said two and a half, three years, no hope for work. I applied, 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 zero. No, if interviews were even rare. But I think throughout that time, I, 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 I got maybe two or three interviews. And it, even before I got home, I think one was rejected. The other two were rejected the next day. Nothing. But I decided that I'm going to follow God. So I resigned and moved to DFW, Texas with no work. Some people will say, the guy, this kind of extra faith thing he's doing, it's not right. What, what kind of faith is this? What kind of uh, 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 chance is this? How can you do this? You have children, you have a wife, you have children. But it doesn't make sense. People will say all sorts of things. But when you are trusting God, it's different. So I moved to, the, to Texas. I, I can't remember whether it was two months or three months. Then I got a job. Then another job, and that, to the point that I, I, I was stressed because there was a particular company who wanted to pay me more and they were fighting for me. So I had, I had options. Options, imagine. So God was just, when you act in faith, God opens doors. Opens doors. Opens doors. So I was able to get a job, this job, that job. I mean, the jobs were easy to get. But 11 months, three years, nothing. You take a step of it. So you can imagine, it has not, God doesn't require anyone to just leave work like that. Just resign. Because you have to make sure it's God. You don't just do things like that. But maybe for you, God might want you to take a step of faith in something. Maybe I, I whatever it is, maybe help someone do something, I, I don't know. But everyone, be it known unto you and I, that there will always be opportunities. God is always testing us and always speaking to us and watching whether we will hear his voice. Maybe God wants to take you to the highest level, point 10 or level 10. And you are in level 1 or we are in level 1. But he wants to see whether you obey the small instruction in level 1. When you are able to obey it, and he moves you to level two, then he'll just jump you straight to level 10. Sometimes God tests, God tests us in all these ways. So what am I saying? I want to encourage us to know God, know his voice. But trust me, if you don't read your Bible, if you don't seek to know God, you will not know his voice. It will be hard for you to know his voice because it is the spirit that hears God. <clears throat> Remember that um, you, you and I are a spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. The body is the outer part of our, you and I. It's the house. So the body is the, the, the closest to the outside world. And the devil is able to uh, uh, influence the body even more. Now the soul, the mind, is the middle part, is the next closest to the outside world. So the devil is able to speak to the mind more. God also speaks to the mind. But the devil speaks to the mind more. That's why it's heard even more. When the devil is speaking, it's, it's, it's a bit louder. But the spirit is the inward man, the hidden man, part of the hidden man of the heart, the cryptos man. And because the spirit is inside, if your spirit is not strong or growing, it is going to be very hard to hear. God will still be speaking, but you can't hear him. Or it's hard to follow what he's saying. Because the spirit is either malnourished or small. But you and I, our spirits grow. First Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You and I grow through the word of God. As we read the word, as we listen to the word, it's, 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 very, it's hard for all of us. It's not, it, as I'm saying it, I have to always force myself, say to myself, I have to, I 
at my quiet time. I have to read the Bible. I don't feel like it, but I have to. Maybe there are some who are wildly spiritual. Maybe you can pray for us. But for me, it's not easy all the time. When I start it, I'm, I, I love it. It's like, oh, wow, I'm enjoying it. But to start it, I have to make a conscious effort. So we are all in the same boat. And no, no, one, no one is more, at least I'm not more prone to reading the Bible than you. But we have to force. But the Bible says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. So we grow, our spirits grow as we get the word and that's the only food. So when your spirit is strong and God is speaking, your spirit will be able to overcome the stone. Because remember that the spirit, everyone again Christian spirit is a new creation in Jesus Christ and is created after God in righteousness and true holiness. Everybody again Christian spirit is righteous and truly holy. Everybody again Christian spirit. But the soul wants to obey the body. Or the soul wants to do its own thing. But the spirit wants to obey God. But most Christians allow the soul and the body to take over. That's where the problem is. But when you, you and I read the word of God and our spirits become stronger, then our spirits will be able to dominate the soul and the body and we will do what God wants us to do. When God speaks to us, we can hear him. When God speaks to us, we are, we are able to follow him more closely because our spirits are stronger. Hallelujah. So I'm going to encourage us to do these things. And God will bless us. Hallelujah. The so first is what? Love God. Just wrapping up, we're done. Love God. It's more important to love God than anything else. When God sees that you and I love him, he will do anything to make sure we are okay. Because not everyone loves God. At least the way he wants to be loved. Number two, let's remember that unforgiveness grudges no, 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 no. And finally, let's know God for ourselves. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father God, we bless your name and worship you. We thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to know you. Give us the grace to love your word. Draw us deeper into your word of truth. Draw us deeper into your love for us. We want to get deeper into you. We want to love you more. We want to have forgiveness. Give us the grace to forgive. Help us to forgive those who say all manner of evil against us. Those who persecute us. Those who, who lie on us. Those who hurt us in any way. Give us the grace to forgive them. And Father God, make us, let us know you more and love you. In Jesus' name. Now whilst we are watching, those in church, but especially those on, online, if you don't know Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, and you know in your heart, you know down in your heart that you are far away from God. You know in your heart that you are not close to God. You are far away from God. You know in your heart that if you die today, you do not know whether you will go to heaven or hell, but you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to be born again. I want my sins forgiven. If you are like that, then you are in the right place. The Bible makes it very clear how we can become born again. There's, there, there, there's very, very simple. How do you become born again? To be born again is to be saved. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 9 and 10, to be born again, you don't need to be perfect. To be born again, you don't need to be sinless. To be born again, you don't need to be perfect. The only condition to, for you and I to be saved is that we must believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and God. We must believe that Jesus died on the cross and his blood was shed for our sins. Number three, God raised him from the dead. That's it. According to the Bible, it's that simple. It's, it's too simple that we, we, we overthink it. Bible. Believe in Jesus that he's God's son. Believe that you are a sinner. He died for your sins and his blood was shed for your sins. Believe that God raised him from the dead. And then the Bible says, confess it. 
because with the heart we believe and are made right with God and with the mouth we confess and are saved Romans 10 9 and 10 so if you want Jesus Christ let's all repeat after me including all the saved ones Heavenly Father I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 God bless you all. If you've prayed this prayer, for the first time you are born again, I want you to write a comment. Welcome to the family of God. You now have a first class ticket to heaven. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. And I just want to say God bless you to the online viewers. God bless you to you all. Let me just share a word of prayer before I hand over. God bless you all. Those on Zoom, those online. I, want, I, I pray that God will bless you and keep you. God will cause his face to shine upon you. God will lift up his countenance upon you. God will give you peace. May you be protected in everything you do. May the hand of the mighty God, the one true only God, be upon you. May you know him. May you walk with him. May you walk in love and may you be victorious in everything you do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.